Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept. In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s Disney cartoon, Darkwing Duck, and his one-man dream blunt rotation. That's right. Today, we slip out of the superhero gig and into something a little more spyful in the episode, In Like Blunt. Very blunty. Very blunty. Very, very blunty. Uh, before we get too blunty, did you want to do some updates? Yeah. So the DuckTales, the Art of DuckTales book has officially been released. Uh, that's for the DuckTales reboot. I just wanted to mention it very quickly because through somehow, through a miracle, I actually got mine on the day it released. I bought oh. I bought the full deluxe edition. And usually when I order anything, especially anything from the U.S., it usually takes a while to get to me. I'm usually behind. I'm assuming that Amazon must have a warehouse really close to me or something because I pre-ordered it back in April and they shipped it the night before I got like a shipping thing and it was here in the morning. Wow. And it was massive. It was very heavy because it was two giant books. And uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Two giant books? Well, I got, so the deluxe edition comes with the regular book and then it comes with this little woodchuck uh, guidebook, oh, guide which book. is, yeah, and it's just extra information that they couldn't fit into the other book. 25 pages of nothing but negative. Oh, if only. So it's just, <laughs> it, it's beautiful. I have not had a chance to really look through it because it was so immaculate that I didn't, I was afraid that I was going to mar it with my filthy oily hands archivist gloves on yeah don't crack the spine exactly but uh i of course i went to all the darkwing duck related stuff because they they had it sectioned off where they had like the beginning with the pre-production and the characters and stuff and then they went episode by episode and they had two pages for each episode so there was two pages for the duck knight returns and mm. then in the, the Woodchuck's guidebook, they had another two pages. And then for uh, Let's Get Dangerous, because it was a two-parter, they had four pages. Mm-hmm. Four pages. And it was just, yeah, you can see where my priorities lie, because I went straight <laughs> to those pages. Uh, I guess I won't spoil it too much for anybody who, I don't really know if art concept books count as spoilers per se. I'm sure a lot of people have already seen some of this stuff because people are posting little snippets on Twitter, but there's there's some really great information. I wish there was more, but I can see why there isn't because the book itself is already massive. There's no way mm-hmm. they could have just fit even more Darkwing related stuff in it, especially in a DuckTales art book. But we got to see some pretty neat stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it was lovely. It was it was very expensive, but in my opinion, mm-hmm. it was worth the money. Well, and it's nice too that they do kind of give each episode a little bit of time, and it's not just you know like a random amalgamation of all different concept art and stuff from everything. Yeah, and it was very organized. They even had pages dedicated to uh, the music and background layouts they had some stuff from the voice actors they they interviewed a few of them and had them talk about stuff they talked about how the show came into development uh frank and gonies in particular talked about how 
he had heard that the DuckTales reboot was something Disney was planning. And so he, this is something I would do. I swear to God. He <laughs> he had all this like old DuckTales merchandise or something. And he writes that he, he placed it in his office in all these tactical positions. And then he would invite <laughs> in the Disney employees to chat with him in his office so that they'd catch sight of the DuckTales stuff and then be like, so did you hear we're doing a reboot? And then he could bring it up and be like, I would personally love to work on a reboot. <laughs> As he says this behind a Scrooge McDuck mask. <laughs> Just dressed fully like Scrooge McDuck. Oh, but yeah, it's chock full of cool little stories like that. And, you know, all kinds of stuff with all the, the different cast members. So... If you don't have the money to buy a solid copy, they also have it digitally through Amazon. Mm. I know you can get it at a few different places. I went through Amazon Canada, but you can get it through Gallery Nucleus and Barnes and Noble mm. for sure. Gallery Nucleus is a good one. I think they autographed them too, the Gallery Nucleus Ooh. ones, because they had a little event a few days ago. Uh, with they live streamed a panel, which I missed because I forgot that it was happening. Um, no. But a whole bunch of the cast and crew were there and they did a live Q&A panel. I heard, I don't know if this confirmed, that they are going to post the recording of the live stream at some point on the Disney TVA YouTube channel. I don't know if that's for sure true. I saw somebody claim this on Tumblr in the comments somewhere and I was just like, random Tumblr person, I'm I'm counting on you to be telling the <laughs> truth here because I don't I'm break missed, my heart. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I totally forgot because they I think they live streamed it on Twitch of all places because they had mm. uh, Gallery Nucleus has a Twitch channel and I was like I can't believe I missed it and they didn't have the recording after the fact on on the Twitch channel, so mm. I was sad because apparently people asked about Negaduck and I think Frank joked that uh, he's just still in the sewers. He just lives there now. Where he belongs. <laughs> Where he belongs. Uh, but uh, I guess if we, if I do find it, uh, I'll let you all know if it exists in the future because it did sound like it was really cool and interesting. There we go. Very neat. Very neat. I have only seen bits and pieces of it, uh, but what I've seen has been very nice. Mm -hmm. So check it out if you are interested in the art book. It is a biggin and a nicen. Mm -hmm. And in not so nice news, we have to fly the flags at half staff today because sadly a legend has passed away as of the date of this recording. Susan Tolsky, who is the voice of our beloved Binky Muddlefoot, has passed away. So we ha I would be remiss if I didn't mention her and how much we loved her work on this show. She'll be greatly missed. She really perfected Binky's housewife energy. All right. So, in like one. <laughs> in like one is the episode we'll be discussing today. It's, um, I, right, so first and foremost, Disney Plus, season one, episode 50, Darkwing and Derek Blunt battle against Phineas Sharp. Accurate. It is accurate. Also, Launchpad is there. I Just like last episode, I forgot Launchpad was ever in this episode, and apparently Darkwing also forgot, too. <laughs> so that's funny, because in my notes here, I made a challenge to myself, because 
I can't even count how many times I say on this podcast that I don't remember the episode that we're about to watch. And this one, I know that I've seen a bunch. So so I thought I might try to remember as much about the episode as I could before watching it. I'll read you what I remember, what, how this goes. The shush Asians are being killed in weird ways. I think we may start at shush with Jay Gander showing him pictures of all the ways the Asians die. Jay Gander is like, we need you on this case for some reason. And Darkwing, but you have to work with Derek Blunt because this is solely his vulture nemesis, Phineas Sharp. Darkwing poops himself with excitement because he's <laughs> obsessed with Derek Blunt, and Derek Blunt is obsessed with being very unimpressed with Darkwing and thinks he's stupid. Darkwing shows him Darkwing Tower, thinking he'll be impressed uh, with all the gadgets because he has gadgets in the movies, and Derek is like, movies are for nerds. I only stare at a list of all the people who I've killed to keep me company. Uh, Darkwing shows him a big map. He's very proud of and Derek uh, writes on it and he's very sad and I was like oh and this is where I remember the plot I'm like wait there's an agent lame list that's been compromised I write I think that's it <laughs> so Phineas has it and he's going to auction it off on his private island um, so yeah anyway Derek Blunt draws on the map but Darkwing's very upset they fly there disguise themselves as bellhops and sneak into the resort Eagle boys are hanging out at the pool, and I think Magicka and Glomgold are chilling. None of them talk. Darkwing wants to use gadgets and stuff, and then I just there's a, a whole bunch of ellipses, and I was like, "Is a launch pad there?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I really think about it. I go, "I don't think so." <laughs> I, like, I don't really remember how this one ends. Well, there's some sort of big booby trap. Maybe Phineas wants to auction off Derek Blunt too. Pretty sure Gadget saved the day. Phineas escapes, question mark, or is defeated in a way that would probably a thousand percent kill him. I'm on the fence. So that was that. So maybe I don't remember as much of this episode as I thought I did, but I did remember quite a bit of it. You remembered all the main points because I watched it. I forget. It wasn't that long ago. And by that long ago, I mean in the past maybe a couple of years, but Pretty much what you just described, I remember mostly just Derek and Darkwing working together and getting in, and I remember the list being swapped. Completely forgot about Launchpad. I don't yeah. know. He's just, it's like he's, er, he's erased from my memory. <laughs> he's in it quite a bit, too. Yeah. Which, I, because you know why I was, I had... I stopped and I was trying to remember if Launchpad was in the episode because I did remember him getting shrunk down in the sauna that happens at the end of this episode. But I thought that was You Sweat Your Life, which is an episode I don't think he's in. So I was convincing myself he wasn't in this one when he was in this one. Oh, Launchpad. <laughs> oh, Launchpad. So, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that was my predictions there. I did pretty okay. Uh, and then we can go into the full synopsis here as uh, the episode does open with a voiceover of someone talking about how agents were killed at the Tasty Duck yogurt factory. And Jay Gander laments them being frozen in a bar of banana ripple delight. The assignment of our two field operatives was to investigate a smuggling ring at the Tasty Duck yogurt factory. They were found by a freezer maintenance worker at 0500 this morning. Two of my best agents, frozen in a bar of banana ripple delight. What an appalling end. Absolutely chilling. Duck, duck. You know, you could try using the door. 
because he's punched a him-sized hole in Jay Gander's window for his smoky entrance. Jay Gander is very unimpressed, which I think is round two of Jay Gander. I always, like, that's another thing, too. I'm questioning everything now, because I always remembered that Jay Gander was, like, super rah-rah Darkwing, but he's been very, like, kind of annoyed by him in these last few Shush episodes we've watched. Yeah, kind of more neutral and just, you know, for the most part, he definitely doesn't hate Darkwing. Otherwise, he wouldn't mm-hmm. call him in. But it was less like, you're right. I think about the episodes where Darkwing, you know, is a complete idiot and Jay Gander is somehow completely unaware and is just like, it's so interesting how you think outside the box and blah, blah, blah. And Darkwing's <laughs> just like, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Outside of the box. Yeah, you know. That's me. So he's very he's very subdued in this one and tells him that he could try using the door. Someone is out there methodically killing agents and he starts going through different ways. A few of his agents has died. One of them was killed by being eaten by a snake. And then he pulls out the can! <laughs> the tin can! It's not really the, the tin can. It's a can of tuna that Agent Campbell was crammed into. Which is pretty horrifying if you really stop and think about it. And Darkwing, Darkwing, Darkwing is so cavalier about it. He just keeps cracking <laughs> he, puns. He does not care. He does not even. He's like, oh, canned on the job, eh? <laughs> oh, dear God, Darkwing, you're holding the remains of a man. Then he, we find out that the master list of Shush agents has been stolen. So point one for my brain. And there was a ransom note left that demands all the tea in China to return it. Um, and Darkwing recognizes the signature at the bottom. As Phineas Sharp, Derek Blunt's arch rival. So and is all the tea in China some kind of a reference to something? I think as far as it's just kind of always been like an idiom or like a turn of phrase as far as I've known it. Just being like an astronomical amount of something. Okay. I wasn't it's, sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a reference to some kind of media or spy movies because I, I didn't. Qu- I was like, why does he want all the tea in China? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that's an American thing. This is like, oh, it's more than all the tea in China. I, I know I've heard it a lot, but I don't know where it comes from. Never even really thought about it before. Well, there we go. That'll be our homework for next time looking up where the phrase all the tea in China came from. Darkwing is very excited to be working with Derek Blunt um, because he is a fan of his work. Um, Apparently there was 23 Derek Blunt novels, 16 major motion pictures, and a whole toy line based on his secret agent gear, which is terrible for a real-life secret agent because everybody knows what you're up to. And then I also have never seen a single James Bond movie in my life. So I was just out of curiosity. I was like, how many? I know there's a lot of James Bond things. So I just looked it up. There's apparently 14 books, two collections of short stories, and 27 movies. And so that, that's, uh, that's a pretty pretty sizable collection there. Uh, Derek Blunt is only a few movies away. This was the 90s. So I have to imagine that there was at least at least four more Derek Blunt movies since 1991 agreed move over bond so jake ander tells him that he called Derek blunt out of retirement 
and that he hopes Darkwing won't mind working with him. And Darkwing is so excited, he prances around like a ballerina. And Jay Gander warns him not to confuse the man with the movie character because Derek is not technologically minded. And Derek shows up at that moment and is just kind of... All right, Jay Gander, what's this nonsense about giving me a partner? Harriet! And a costume buffoon at that. You know I like things simple. I work alone. But Derek, this buffoon is... Uh, Derek, blank meet uh, Darkwing Duck. An honor to meet you. Yes, I'm sure. Now, Derek, as an independent operative, Darkwing Duck is not on the stolen list of Shush spies. Phineas knows your techniques all too well, yet Darkwing Duck will be the wild card he'll never expect. Oh, yeah, that's me all over. A real wild card. Obviously the joker of the deck. Don't worry, Jay Gander. He'll come around when he sees me in action. He's pissed off that Jay Gander wants him to work with somebody, and Darkwing tries to shake his hand, and Derek just completely ignores him. And at this point, I looked up Derek Blunt's voice actor because I'm like, I know who you are, but not in the way that you're talking right now. And he hasn't done a massive amount of things, but he uh, says Peter Renaday is his name. He was the voice of the OG uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Splinter. Oh. So that's how I knew him. I was like, oh, I thought you sounded familiar. Never would have guessed Splinter, though. Oh, yes, he ignores Darkwing and insult insults him to Jay Gander, calling him a costume buffoon. And this buffoon, Darkwing, is, yeah, you know, Darkwing swoops in to introduce himself. Pleased to meet you and... Derek is very dismissive, turns his beak up at him. The Jay Gander explains that as an independent operative, Darkwing is not on the list of spies, and he can also be the wild card since Derek and Phineas have been each other's rivals for so long. And then Darkwing's like, oh yeah, that's me, the wild card. And Blunt is just so nasty. He's just like, <laughs> obviously the joker of the deck. Oh. Savage. He's so rude. He's so mean. This is a man uh, who just doesn't have patience for anyone. He doesn't. He is beyond patience. He has buried patience in the backyard and refuses to even disturb the soil. Um, Darkwing is confident that Derek will be impressed with him once he sees him in action and gives a rousing little monologue where he starts his I am the terror that slaps in the night speech and interrupts himself by falling out the window because... Darkwing. And uh, Derek is driving a beat up little car, and Darkwing is grilling him about why he doesn't have his gadget filled sweet ride. Derek tells him that theatrics have no place in a real agent's life, and that all the media launched by his biography are stupid, basically. Darkwing brings him to Darkwing Tower, super giddy to show him all his gizmos because he cannot take the hint. And uh, Blunty, as he calls him a few times in this episode, is not impressed. He says that with all the stuff, any idiot could take care of the case solving. And uh, what this case needs is a real agent. Darkwing, still not wanting to take the hint, says, This is just like all the stuff you used in Goldfeather. <laughs> and Eric Blunt is really just kind of tempted to end his life right there and just starts screaming at him <laughs> that they're just movies. And then begins their contentious investigation. The ransom note has a sandy substance. That Derek points out and Darkwing scoffs at this being like, oh, he starts to have to, I can figure out it's science. And 
he just kind of goes through this whole big, you know, speakers and crazy science Darkwing thing, and then he just announced that it's sand. Oh, I love that. It's just very Darkwing. <laughs> it is. And Derek somehow tastes it and knows exactly where it's from. And I don't, it's very much like all the tea in China. I don't know how that started either. It must have been like a Sherlock Holmes thing. I don't know if it happened before that, but it's like, who was the first to be like, oh, I can taste exactly what it doesn't all sand taste the same? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Uh, you know, I feel like I've probably eaten sand at some point in time. Not on purpose, but just, you know, you get sand in your mouth sometimes when you go to the beach. And I would agree that it just tastes like dirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, as someone who intentionally eats sand on a daily basis, I'd gotta say... It tastes like sand. I'm gonna um, wait. I'm gonna need context for that. Oh well, you've never had a sandwich. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't eat sand. For, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> lying to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ange. I'm sorry, listeners. I don't routinely eat sand. I can't believe I actually oh. almost believed you for no particular reason, <laughs> other than I thought maybe it was like a health thing, like you eat it for roughage or something. <laughs> It helps my digestion. <laughs> it helps me maintain my sandy personality. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Derek knows exactly where the sand is from because he tasted it and asked Darkwing if he has something so simple as a map. Darkwing shows him that indeed he has an enormous map that takes up the entire tower wall and they lift up on like a like i don't know like a mechanical lift thing to one spot blunt says that the sand came from the salad sea the sand came from here in the salad sea there must be a thousand islands there it would take years to search them all that is where phineas sharp is hiding that is where he sent this note from that is where we must go you drew on my map it is the only island which does not grow the gerbsticulus tree which was instrumental in sharp's first and only capture now then we will need some sort of air transportation. He drew on my map. And Darkwing stares at the map in the circle and he goes, You drew on my map. Uh, I feel like that <laughs> is the most quoted line from this episode. Yes, it is. It is uh, a good one because Darkwing is just so broken and Blunt is undeterred and continues to rattle off exactly what they need to do while Darkwing is still completely shell-shocked and repeats again, staring at us. He drew on my map. And after that, I noticed, is when Darkwing no longer is tolerant of his attitude. Oh. So clearly the map, yes. the map has broken him. It has. Because then the next thing, he's like, oh, we need to fly there, and we get back down to ground level here in the tower, and Launchpad is working on the Thunderquack, defying both of our memories he is in this episode. <laughs> Blunt is immediately like, oh, you can't fly your own plane. Darkwing grumpily introduces Launchpad to Blunt. They get in a thunderquack to start their adventure. Not exactly in the super romantic Drakely cough way, but they're getting there. They don't, they don't get there. I don't think they ever get to that level. But it is interesting because this is definitely like... The end of Darkwing's like hero worship of him, and now he's just kind of like doing his Darkwing thing in spite of him. Mm -hmm. So, 
they they fly off to the salad sea and meanwhile we get to see Phineas Sharp who is another familiar voice um he's Jonathan Harris who is uh Dr. Smith from the Lost in Space TV show basically sounding like Dr. Smith and he's playing with some voodoo dolls having a grand old time as he puts a little Derek Blunt in a guillotine and chops his head off his crony Horatio tells him that Shush has assigned Blunt to the case just as he wanted and is confused why he would want that because uh, there was a humiliating loss apparently in the recent future and Sharp reveals that he has sharp teeth which is probably why he's named Sharp and he says that Derek didn't outsmart him that it was just dumb luck because he couldn't have known that he was allergic to gerbsticular sap which is when I paused and googled gerbsticular sap and it the only thing that came up was this episode so <laughs> it's probably not a real thing but I was watching this with the subtitles on and I'm like what did he just say I went back and I was like what does that mean gerbsticular sap that in the next National Spelling Bee. Um, so yeah, he wants to kill Derek Blunt and laughs about it a lot. And the heroes are flying over the island. It has a giant mansion on it. And Derek talks some smack about Sharp. Derek went in launch pad. And, you know, they all just kind of crash land on the island. Derek is not happy and screams at them, telling them to stay put because he's an expert. And he can handle this alone. Darkwing says that he'll solve this, the case the movie Derek Blunt way with a jetpack. <laughs> and we get a bit of a James Bond theme as he reveals it. We get to hear that whole little trumpet thing a few times in this episode. And of course the jetpack just eats away at the ground he's standing on and he winds up in a giant hole. And uh, Launchpad and Derek Blunt are covered in dirt because it's Darkwing. Everything has to go wrong. Mm-hmm. They tromp through the jungle with Darkwing complaining the entire time until he pulls out another doohickey, a mega vibrating jungle slasher, which is like a Swiss army knife propeller thing that chews up all of the, well, theoretically all of the foliage around them, but it also chews up all of Launchpad and Derek Spunt's clothes. Uh, so it's a little sexy out in those woods right now. And um, Eric Blunt tells him that the entire island probably heard that and forbids him to use any more gadgets without his permission. And Darkwing is very mature about it. <laughs> and Blunt is like, we're almost there. And Darkwing tries to use, he gives them some kind of fancy name, but they're literally just like binoculars. And Blunt loses his mind and tells him that he's not allowed to use so much as an eyebrow plucker and takes all of his gadgets and like throws them into this little pool of water he gives him like a full shakedown and i paused it because i wanted to see what was falling off darkwing and it appeared to be round bombs uh, a bottle of poison and a mallet mostly Mm. basically comically violent stuff that you'd actually expect to find on negaduck oh my gosh imagine if this was just negaduck in disguise the whole time trying to get that list for himself (gasps) cracked the case (laughs) So yeah, Darkwing is now without all of his gadgets. And as they're sneaking up on this mansion place, a few dog dudes show up and our heroes heroically hide in a bush. Um, But it turns out that these dudes are just looking for a volleyball that they lost in the woods and run off back to play their game. Darkwing says, what is this? Beach party bozos? 
Oh, well, oh. chalk for a man who just got shook upside down and lost all his toys. So they sneak up on the mansion to hear some jazzy music playing as Magica walks by a pool as some goons relax on pool chairs. And animatronic, right? Dr. Animatronic, yes. Dr. Animatronic uh, sits at a table with a sleeping beagle boy and some other random dog guy drinking tea. And Glomgold is playing horseshoes. Some of the dog-looking dudes. And he's pretty damn good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Steel Beacon Amanda Pine. Uh, Amonia, Amanda Pine? Amonia Pine. <laughs> Amanda is her lesser-known sister. Not Ample Grime. Uh, they're playing cards with some beagle boys, and she's winning. And uh, she pulls out a vacuum and sucks up the money. Launchpad says, Ammonia is really cleaning up. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. Pause for hysterical laughter. And then Darkwing is confused why they're all there. And Blunt is just basically like, you idiot. They're all here because he has the shush list. Keep up. And they agree that they have to get inside. And the only option is disguises. And of course they are the bellhop disguises. Mm-hmm. Way to go, my brain. Way to go. And... <laughs> And then Launchpad just comes in dressed up like Carmen Miranda in a fruit hat. He has no hair. He's just completely bald under those bananas. And it's a little disturbing. And uh, Derek Blunt is like, well, the one good thing about him being dressed like that is that no one's going to even look twice at us. And then that is immediately proven correct because Phineas Sharp shows up and starts yelling at them to move uh, luggage to the rooms. And they both scramble around to do it, which is <laughs> interesting. And they do go do their bellhop work. What I find um, interesting is that Derek doesn't even look that different. He literally looks like himself with a bellhop hat on. <laughs> so yes. I think I think Phineas probably knew it was him. But since he was expecting him, he was just playing along. But Darkwing took off his mask. Mm-hmm. So I thought that yeah. was interesting because he's literally not Darkwing as soon as the mask comes off look at that yeah but there's no possible way except for like cartoon hilarity that he wouldn't know that that was Derek Blunt mm-hmm. his nemesis uh, Sharp starts gloating to his crony Horatio that his plan is perfect because he'll make money and lure Blunt out so he did just I don't know maybe he doesn't know that that was Derek I don't know he says this all in front of a table piled up with fruit one fruit pile is atop a disturbingly hairless head. Launchpad hears the whole thing. And Blunt has gotten a lot of tips from his bell hopping, and Darkwing is annoyed that he hasn't gotten any. Oh, that apparently is a straw that breaks a camel's back, and Darkwing decides that he doesn't want to be a bellhop anymore, and then he changes back into his Darkwing costume. And uh, Sharp gets around pretty quick, I guess, because he's coming up the hallway now, mon- monologuing. Did you notice that Darkwing... He's not wearing his mask. He puts his hat on. <laughs> and then in the next pant, like, it's it switches the camera view. His mask is just on. He Well, he kind of, like, runs his hand along the brim of the cap. And he doesn't have a mask on. But by the time his hand is on the other side of his face, it's there. So it's like a magical swipe cut of a hand <laughs> that he has. Must be another gadget. He's got, like, a little spray paint can on his hand and he just sprays his mask on i did notice that yes um so 
Sharp is coming down the hallway, and they both skedaddle to hide in a laundry bin. Again, very heroic. And Horatio just dumps the whole laundry thing down a chute. And they just find a huge security door just hanging out in the laundry room basement. This must be Sharp's stronghold. The agent list is sure to be inside. We could waltz through that door in a heartbeat with my lockpicking equipment. But no, it seems to be missing. Gee, someone must have thrown it in a lake or something. A real agent works with what is at hand. Ouch! This should be simple to override. Aha! Doc! What? Oh, next time, try being more specific. And plucks a feather from Dark's head and picks the lock. But the door explodes <laughs> open. Uh, not before we get a classic duck. What? Joke. It's like, oh, next time be more specific. In the vault, there is nothing but a note. And all it says is, gotcha. Because, of course, it's a trap. Oh, no. Sharp gloats that he expected him earlier. And all the goons show up with guns and Launchpad shows up too uh, in his little fancy dress thing and warns them about the trap. But yes, they already know about the trap. Good job, Launchpad. Commercial break. And then when we come back, Sharp has got them all rigged up to be stretched to death by barbell weights. It has Launchpad in a sauna box thingamajiggy. Sharp gloats some more and walks them through the elaborate Rube Goldberg death trap that he's queued up for them a la radigan and the great mouse detective that's what i was thinking too i was like this is giving me radigan vibes yes and he's he's very much like a radigan kind of villain like that over the top but i guess you know radigan is i don't know radigan i guess is supposed to be like the moriarty of mice rats this guy is very much like a bond villain mm-hmm. maybe they're Maybe Radigan's more of a, a Bond villain, too. I don't know. But it's basically like a mousetrap type game set up where there's a, you know, a, a rope that's going to get burned by a candle and then they're going to get ripped to pieces. But yeah. So, like, basically, Launchpad is in the sauna and as he loses weight, this uh, he'll, like, a scale will rise and then it'll loosen. The chest pull, they'll hit a dumbbell raising a roller skate with a candle on it which will stop the rope. It's like this whole big ridiculous thing. Um, so he explains all how they're going to die and then he leaves to start the auction because why would you ever stop to enjoy the death trap that you set up for your longtime rival? Mm-hmm. And uh, Derek Plunt is super depressed and dejected. He tells Darkwing that he's sorry, that he threw his gimmicks away, thinking that they were super impressive, more so than the ones in Live and Let Spy. Darkwing remembers he has an acid pellet in his cumflink and tries to use it to hit the rope, but it hits the table, making uh, taking out the table leg and setting the room on fire. Whew. It got the table leg! Now what? All right, you got the floor going. Gee, I don't really see the point of burning the ropes, D.W. Won't that rip you in half? And this part is pretty funny. Launchpad 
thinks this is all the plan. And he's just, like, super, like... He doesn't get the point of, like... He's like, oh, great, they have, like, the, the room's on fire. And then the rope sets on fire, and he's just kind of like, oh, I don't really know what the point of that is. But he's just super into it. And that was... Maybe laugh. Um, so, yeah, so the rope snap, and him and Derek Blunt start getting stretched out and Darkwing uses Blunt's advice to use what's at hand and bites his own cape off and it just, you know, hits the ground perfectly enough that it catches fire and floats up to the sprinkler and they all turn on. I don't know why the fire itself didn't turn on the sprinkler but, you know, that's fine, whatever. So the water makes it so they can slip free out of their restraints and Derek Blunt gets out of his pretty gracefully and Darkwing, of course, gets smashed into the ceiling, um, but then is free. And Blunt thanks him for saving his life. But there's no time for that now. Gotta stop the auction. And we get a let's get dangerous. And they literally leave Launchpad uh, behind to die. He, he can just... A... Yeah, he gets to just perish, I guess. <laughs> he does. Uh, so then we go to where the auction is happening, and there's just a crowd of these villains chanting for him to sell the list. Hammerhead Hannigan is here now, too, and um, he's like, "You will, I'll sell the list, but like you have to buy all my junk first. Yes, basically. And like the first thing he pulls out is what he calls Herschel's cat. And it's this, like, very curvy, like, cat <laughs> in, like, a bikini top and, like, a grass skirt. I'm like, what is that? I need to know the story of that. <laughs> we never find out. Herschel's cat is just a perfect item. Put it uh, in your D&D campaigns. It's a wondrous item. I googled it because I thought, because he mentioned a kosher deli as well in relation to yes. it. So I googled Herschel's cat kosher deli and I did not get anything. And then I googled Herschel's cat and that also did not give me anything. Because I thought, okay, that has to be a reference to something. Yeah, right? I just, it it must be. We just don't know what the reference is enough to to know what they changed. Maybe it's a Bond reference, and because neither of us has really watched much James Bond, we don't mm. catch it. Could be. Could be. So while Phineas Sharp is auctioning off his garage sale level nonsense, Derek is dressed as a janitor now and wheels in a suit of armor that Darkwing is hiding inside, and uh, as everyone's distracted with the intense you know, auctioning that's happening. Darkwing steals the list and, like, worms away on mm -hmm. the floor without anybody seeing him. And, of course, then Phineas Sharp realizes that the list is gone because the crowd now just wants the list. And he leaves poor Horatio to handle the crowd once he sees that it's gone. He tracks down Blunt and Darkwing shooting at them with a laser gun and he snatches the list back and they pull a rug over him and Derek, it's like this whole big like fight sequence thing and then Derek drags Darkwing into a closet and Sharp shoots up the closet and then uh, as he gloats to himself he just says, make a movie out of that <laughs> and he kisses the list and walks back off to the auction to see that the, our heroes are not dead even though they just hid in a closet a lot of hiding. A lot of hiding in this episode. Um, we see that 
Blunt had used Darkwing's other acid cufflink to eat a hole in the floor that they hid in. <laughs> I feel like having an acid pellet on your cufflink is a recipe for pain and disaster. As useful Absolutely. as it has been, I feel like all he has to do is wipe his face and accidentally burn his face off or something. All he needs to do is be Darkwing for five seconds and it would end poorly. Mm-hmm. It's just the, uh, the accessory is ex machina in this but it all works out because uh they you know it seems like hammerhead they, they have the list they have a fake list for him that sharp took back and it seems like hammerhead hannigan won the, the auction is forking over the money and he hands uh sharp hands the list to hammerhead and notices that darkwing and Derek blunt are not dead and are standing <laughs> i don't like right there uh, I guess they intercepted Horatio with a briefcase full of money and are just kind of rubbing again that the they have the real list because it's like glowing like it's radioactive and, and a, a siren starts blaring <laughs> toward him that, that he's they have the list and then Hammerhead in a new voice not at all his voice that was is in any of the other episodes he was in starts reading off a shopping list as he strangles Sharp. And that's the end of him. We, the hammer, hammerhead Hannigan gets to strangle Phineas Sharp to death. And Derek Blunt and <laughs> Darkwing are just laughing about how much fun this all was. <laughs> oh, it was just so fun to see Sharp get strangled to death. And Blunt says that he hopes he wasn't too hard on Darkwing. And Darkwing says, oh, no sweat. And this reminds him of uh, the pilot's plight. And they <laughs> rush off to find Launchpad, who has now shrunk down to action figure size. Uh, but he tells them that he'll be fine after a little vacation and wonders if this hotel gives reduced rates. And we groan ourselves into the credits. <laughs> <laughs> so... um yeah, for as much as I remembered this episode, this was not as good as I remembered it being, quite honestly. Um, so, yeah, it was fun, but there wasn't really anything in particular that struck me. Like, it wasn't... There were some funny parts in it, but it wasn't, like, a funny episode. Mm -hmm. And maybe if Blunt had come back in, like, another episode to build up, like, the friendship that they started in this one, it would mean more. But it's just a one-off this is this is it this is the Derek Blunt episode and it's you know a one-off where Drake gets approval from yet another father figure mm -hmm. and uh, the father figure comes around at the end and doesn't open ninja land so I guess that's a win but yeah so it, it was it was good it just wasn't as good as I remembered it being which is a little disappointing but it was it's still a pretty solid episode i would say i would give it a a three out of five out of the quackerware freshness scale yeah I was, I was gonna give it about a three and a half out of five mm -hmm. it's a pretty solid episode the animation's pretty decent i looked it mm -hmm. up because i was curious the animation was disney france hmm. i don't think they did too many episodes but i thought there was some pretty good you know the characters were on model for the most part i know Launchpad was bald pad which happens now and again, depending on the episode. Uh, but otherwise, there was some like weird uh, 
animation stuff or like weird choices like when they when they hide in the uh, laundry basket cart thing mm -hmm. they dive into it and for some reason Darkwing shakes Derek's hand and I was like why would right. he, why would he do that like it was just a really weird like they jump in together and he grabs Derek's hand and shakes it like he's thanking him <laughs> yeah I don't know what, what what that was supposed to be but I think Phineas Sharp had potential to be a regular or at least a returning villain. I think like I liked his character design and I liked his personality. It would have been cool to see him and Derek Blunt again in other episodes. Yeah. Phineas Sharp was just having a great time. Mm-hmm. He was just literally like mustache twirling evil genius guy. We don't really know what his deal is. We just know that he's Eric Blunt's rival, and that apparently he has his baller ass mansion on an island somewhere. But, like, is he an inventor? Is he just, like, a criminal mastermind? I don't know. We never will know. He, right. yeah, he feels kind of like a hybrid of Negaduck and Radigan. He has that mm -hmm. unhinged temper and. He's prone to violence, and he just enjoys sitting there chopping up little Derek Blunt dolls. <laughs> but he doesn't... He had a lot of them. Yeah, like, he he has some of that Negaduck viciousness, and just, like, you know how he monologues his entire trap that he's built that feels very mm -hmm. Negaduck. But at the same time, he reminds me more of a more classic, I guess, essentially, Bond villain or, like, Radigan. Like, he, he's a little more old-fashioned, old-timey, which makes sense because Derek Blunt was obviously also meant to be more old-fashioned. Mm. Yeah, they pulled him out of retirement. And like, wait, he doesn't have hair because, you know, he's a bird creature. And his eyebrows are gray, which makes me think that he is older. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my indication there. So, yeah, so that was in like blunt. There was not a single Motofoot involved. Uh, there was not a single Goslin involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was one very big map involved. That's what we can say about that. Any other final thoughts about in like blunt before we head over to the wheel? Uh, only that I realized that it's Derek Blunt and Phineas Sharp. So, Blunt and Sharp. <laughs> oh my god, why did it take this long? I get it now, too. <laughs> 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 oh no! We're not the sharpest blunts in the drawer. That's what I'm sure. <laughs> well kudos to whoever named them because it is very good uh so here we are now we will wheel of names we're down to four episodes here let's see let's see what next next time holds for us i'm feeling it's gonna be getting antsy i don't know why i feel it in my heart oh your little black heart made an accurate prediction oh no because next week you're watching Getting Antsy. <laughs> oh. uh, so now watch this one. Like this one I know I have not seen many times because I hated this guy so much. And now watch me like like this episode better than in like Blunt. It's going to be my new favorite episode. This so, was your, I'm pretty sure this was your throw it in the dumpster. Throw it in the dumpster. Yeah. It sure was. <laughs> sure was. 
So next time we will be getting a little ants in our pants with Lilliput and his auntie friends. And there's lots and lots of launch pad in that one. Uh, I don't know if he has a bald head in that one. Only time will tell. But until then, let's take a moment to remember the shush agents who died in this episode. They are gone but not forgotten. R.I.P. to some real ones and to the realest one, Susan Tolsky. Mm-hmm. So, until the ants come marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. This has been Sleepless in St. Canard. Remember, that time doesn't sleep. And neither do we. Wait.